Andy Bush and Richie Firth here with your podcast. I'm going to start the podcast by asking Richie Firth a question I've been desperate to ask him all day, but I haven't had a chance to. You look like you've got a tan. Can I just say you look like you've got a tan today? Really? Yeah. First thing, when you came in, I thought you might have got like a spray tan or something like no, that. No. I knew no. you were doing the Christmas lights turn on at Sawbridge, where I thought <laughs> yeah. maybe he's just, just dialed <laughs> it up a little bit. No. The lights were so bright. So bright. Up on that stage. Uh, what's interesting you should mention that, uh, one part of this show that you're about to hear with the podcast is finding out what happened to Richie when you were up on stage at Sawbridge Worth. Didn't quite go uh, perfectly according to plan. Didn't go to plan. Uh, you'll hear all about that just before we move on too quickly. I do feel that you've left it out there that I may have had a spray tan. Can I just <laughs> put that one to bed and say I haven't? We should get spray. I'd love to get a spray I've tan. Never, I've never been spray tanned in my life. I'd love. Me neither. I would absolutely love it. Think how good it would look. Could that be done here at the studios? Well, apparently, it could be, couldn't it? It's a mobile thing, isn't it? I think they give you a tent. They bring they bring a tent. Yeah. Again, these are these people who turn up with anything where you've got a wheel-along trolley. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, the rest of the world is your oyster. It's brilliant. <laughs> I envy those jobs. They turn up with the tent, it collapses out, and then they just spray you. And then what? Can we just get dressed again? We get dressed again. And then the only thing that perturbs me slightly is that the colour darkens over time. So yeah. what you're sprayed as is not what it ends up being oh, the next right. morning. Okay. So you might wake up, you know, you might go to bed as like um, teak and wake up as... Mahogany. D- mahogany, exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Anyway, here's the podcast. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Absolute Radio on a Monday afternoon. Andy Bush and Richie Firth here with Home Time. <laughs> so this bit of music just doesn't get us going. Listen to it. Yeah, uh, we 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 don't like this piece of music. Don't we like don't normally it. use it, uh, but uh, our normal producer, who would normally be here with us, about an hour ago went home sick. Yeah, what was going on with him? Yeah, I don't know. He's just he had an incident and then ran home. I will be using anti-back more than I've ever used over the next three hours. Yeah, get the hazmat suits on. <laughs> We've got a few songs to get through, then we can all get home together. Uh, action-packed show. We're going to find out how Richie got on and his big celebrity light switch on. <laughs> I don't. I'd rather we didn't talk about it. Over the weekend, that and more, just around this corner. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Listener Brian says anti-back is no good for those kind of emergencies. You just need good hand washing with soap and water <laughs> to kill the germs and we will survive this bug our producer has. It's weird, isn't it? I, I would say the pair of us are showing quite early signs of being hypochondriacs. Is that <laughs> hypochondria when you just don't want to touch? The worst thing for me is to be on a train next to someone that's coughing or spluttering. Oh, I'd move carriage. Yeah, well, I would. Or get yeah. some... They should do snorkels. <laughs> yeah. You could do a side snorkel to get near the window and avoid breathing on them. Uh, maybe it's just us, I don't know. But obviously wishing producer Adam well yes. at this time of need. Uh, meanwhile, in terms of talking about docs and, you know, medical and all that kind of stuff, uh, we weighed our baby, took our baby for a weigh-in. Exciting. Baby Thea, first one, uh, 12 weeks old, 12 pounds. So she's like bang on the middle line. That's that, great. 50 centile. Yes, percentile, 50 percent, yes. Is that what that is? Yeah. She was the 75th percentile, now she's the 50th, but that's kind of fine. So she's bang on in the middle. I can just say, though, having, like, this is the first time we've done this with Thea, it's a little bit underwhelming. I've been looking forward to the weigh-in. And you think weigh-in, it's got certain connotations to it. But at the end of the day, it's just a naked screaming baby in a dish that you might get um, mints weighed in if yeah. you're at the Tesco deli counter and, like, on a bit of paper. Yes. I feel like they could take maybe, uh, you know, a leaf out of the book of boxing <laughs> and just try and spice it up for the people involved. <laughs> 
Just think about it, though. You're going for a weigh-in. Yeah. What about making it a little bit more like the boxing? I don't know, maybe going head-to-head so the babies are nose-to-nose with each other first? Yeah. You know, like Tony Bellew did pretty recently? Yes. With his fight? Yeah. Uh, Brian, producer Brian from this building mentioned earlier on, get the doctor to tape up mittens, then sign them to ensure they're not being tampered with. These days, your boxing weigh-ins are at big places like Olympia and yes. that kind of stuff. I yeah. mean, that's a little bit more imposing than just going down the clinic. Than the Pall Mall Medical yeah. Centre. <laughs> It's not quite it, is it? No. That's a good point. So maybe like upgrade it a bit to like the Birmingham NEC or yeah. something like and that. And they're all going at the same time. Like, and I had a bit of time afterwards. We ended up going for a coffee in the end because it only lasted like five or ten minutes. I'd be up for doing a press conference. <laughs> is it Chisora who had a little fight in the press conference, the boxer? <laughs> yeah. Anything like that. So if you can think of any ways, because these are going on around the United Kingdom, the world all the time, these, <laughs> these baby weigh-ins. And I feel that like they're, they're missing, missing a trick here. <laughs> if you can make it a bit more showbiz, a bit more Las Vegas... The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie is what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Uh, Eddie Hearn's just been on. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he wants to sign the next weigh-in in two weeks for Sky Pay-Per-View. Oh, that'd be so good, wouldn't it's it? great news. Imagine someone paying £12.50 <laughs> just to watch yeah. that. Just saying, just saying we took our, our baby for, like, the, the weigh-in at the doctor's thing today. And, you know, you think weigh-ins, you think boxing world, you think Las Vegas, you think press conference, and it is a little bit underwhelming. So <laughs> I just think they just should try and cross into the tracks of Las Vegas a bit and just spice it up for everyone. Open to all suggestions. I'll go back down. We're going back in two weeks, so I can mention it then at the desk. Yeah, good idea. And that won't have repercussions for none me, I'm sure. None at all. Uh, Nikki says, dress her in a silky dressing gown with her nickname across the shoulders for next time. That'll be so good. My favourite one so far, Pete says, get the dad's trash talking, the other one's baby. Get that on pay-per-view. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Uh, we've just had a tweet into the show from listener Jonathan, who's got a very interesting point going on. I think he, there's no way you kind of notice that it's got it's got darker, quicker, and yeah. earlier, and all that kind of stuff. Feels dead wintry, and this is kind of signal something for Jonathan. That he wants to put out there and ask everyone's opinion on. He says the best thing about it getting colder and towards the winter is being able to have warm milk on cereal again. <laughs> But I suspect it's something that divides the nation stroke family. Sounds like an issue of national importance that Bush and Ritchie will have a view on that's worth hearing. I've never heard of anyone having warm milk on cereal. That topic is like catnip for me and Ritchie. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely, though, I mean, I feel like I've heard of most kind of variations of food. Old people like, you know, you hear about these people, these weirdos have like water on porridge and all this kind of stuff. But warm, warm milk on normal cereal? I think this guy is halfway there with something. I don't agree with... Uh, warm milk on cereal but the very fact he has uh, likened this this thing to the fact that uh, the weather is changing and it's, mm. it's colder and darker there's something going on there was that lady do you remember on Friday's show who uh, who won with us and she was having her meal and it was salmon and chips <laughs> Do you I remember that? that? I mean, yeah, it was just She's brilliant. What was what was that all about? But maybe it is a seasonal thing. People just go crazy with food, and that is what I think is happening for anyone that is having warm milk on cereal. That is crazy. Well, there's a dividing line, isn't there? Because I'm more than happy, as most people will do, to have like warm milk on your porridge as part of the yep. porridge, isn't it? But then I presume what he's saying there is that he would have warm milk on 
cornflakes. Think about that. The smoking gun for me is this, and I speak directly to this Jonathan fella. Jonathan, right? if you're listening, listen up. Here we go. Rice Krispies were snap, crackle and pop, yep. not snap, crackle and melt. I think we might have sorted it. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile. Every little helps. Hometime on a Monday night with Andy Bush and Richie first. The music equivalent, a guard of honour getting home from work. Hope you had a good one. It's getting colder and more wintry. Does that make it okay to have warm milk on your cereal? Is warm milk on a cereal a thing? TV's Sarah Thornton says, you're being ridiculous. Are you two honestly saying you've never heard of hot milk Weetabix? The weather needs it. I've never heard of it. Shaz on Twitter says, custard on Frosties can't beat it on a cold morning. I can't work out whether I'm being had on here or whether that is actually a thing. Custard. Custard custard on Frosties. That is like... I don't know, 1600s, you'd be burnt at the stake. I think that. if Jamie Oliver heard about that, he'd start a campaign. It doesn't sound good on the old sugar levels, but... Um... That's mad. <laughs> uh, on the phone right now, Helen, you are saying that there is definitely something in this. Oh, it's the way to go, boys. Please try it. Um, I grew up in Wales and was born in Wales, and a lot of families still there. I don't know if it's a Welsh thing. My father, daughter, cousins, aunts, uncles, all have hot milk. Any cereal... I'm really into Rice Krispies at the moment. I know you mentioned it earlier. You still yeah. get the snap, crackle and pop. Probably not as loud as you would uh, be cold. I, very I, soggy, but very enjoyable. I love how she's just getting into Rice Krispies at the moment, the way you get into Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> so, and is this all year round, Helen? Or, I mean, the, See, this... No, I, I just said to David, I cannot eat anything cold like my daughters are saying. Cheese. Last night, for instance, Jackie Potato with cheese had to be mashed in and be warm. I don't know if it's dairy products. I mean, Do you know, what, you know. What's that phrase? Some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> and that's you, Helen. Just some people just want to watch oh, the do, world love, burn. There's, there's so no, many I'm questions here. Uh, he, he, you can't, you can't have anything cold. So, like, I mean, you're, no, you're in a petrol station. There's is. a Twix on the counter. You can't have that. Oh, if it was a bit soggy and a bit sticky, no. I have to have chocolate in the fridge. And I thought it doesn't do that. <laughs> uh, freezer sometimes. You know, in the summer, you've got to have the crack of the, of the chocolate. as you. Br- oh, no, come on. I feel like we're but just... Uh, it's the tip of the iceberg here with Helen. So you're just saying... Is it a Welsh thing, though? Do you think it's a Welsh thing, Helen? It is, because my dad still does it. I microwave the milk in a jug. I pour it on the cereal. And I, oh, the only time I ever had cold milk on Rice Krispies... Rice Krispies are getting a good old uh, thing here was when I gave birth to my daughter. I was really thirsty, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I couldn't ask them for hot milk. And I, at any time, and I was so thirsty and obviously giving right. birth, I was quite tired. And the only time, lads, and it wasn't enjoyable. Oh, well, listen, that's it. Veggie bread. <laughs> All right, mate, well, listen, let's get to stitch. Yeah, go on, go on. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, listen, you stay there. Uh, David, our producer, wants to have a quick chat with you afterwards as well. Uh, but that's that's crazy, isn't it? That's blown my mind. That's blown my mind. I yeah. don't know where to go from here, apart from to say we have Queen next. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Our minds have been blown a bit this first 45 minutes of the show. Getting a lot of people getting in touch saying that warm milk on cereal is not just a thing, but quite common, if not popular. Uh, Luke at Keel University, he actually says he's never heard of hot milk on cereal and he's Welsh because we had Helen on earlier saying that it's uh, it's apparently a Welsh thing. There are a lot of reports of the Scots doing it as well. Yeah. But Luke goes on to say, but, and bear in mind he's a student, he's at Keel <laughs> University, he said this already, Ice cream and cornflakes oh. is awesome. Try it. 
Come on, what is going on? I feel like this is like a Louis Theroux documentary, <laughs> lifting the lid on this weird subsection of society. I would try that. I don't like the what was the one from earlier on custard as well? Custard and frosties. Too far. <laughs> Andrew says cornflakes and hot milk is totally normal and enjoyable. Bush and Richie, you've got to take a chance. Be adventurous. Well, maybe we should give it a go. There's got to be some cereal in the building. Well, people are always leaving notes everywhere saying, please stop nicking my cereal or whatever. What about for the good of the radio, we yeah. go and nick some cereal from our colleagues here at Absolute Radio and try it out. I'll head out now. I reckon we can do this before five. Let's see what happens. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. So, listener Jonathan started this all off by tweeting us saying he thinks the best thing about winter is enjoying warm milk on your cereal. We are literally bowled over by the amount of people who've got in touch saying they do this as standard. So, some blokes just challenged us saying, you know, you only live once, be adventurous. And here we are with two bowls of hot milk. And... A box of cereal. I've quickly raided the office floors downstairs. I believe I have in my possession Ronan Keating's Cheerios. Oh, this is going to go off. <laughs> I know. It's going to be a radio war with us and magic. Particularly if we finish these off, which I don't think we should do. There's still plenty left for him in the morning. Ro- Ronan seems like a nice guy, but I reckon he's got a hard edge to him. Oh, definitely. You don't want to muck with him, so <laughs> leave him some at least. Right, I normally like Cheerios. Here, I'll pass you the box. So, um, if this doesn't taste good, it's not Cheerios' fault, because I'd love them cold. What happens if we really like it and then we can't go back and then normal cold stuff, like, you know, Helen on earlier on, we can't have it. You know, we don't like cold milk with cereal. What happens? It's going to be a change in our life. question. Here we go. No. Oh, my God, that is so gross. That's horrible. You know what it tastes like? That's, that's our... A horrible view there, Richie. You gobble it out. Reminds me of when cats eat grass. Um, if you've ever accidentally picked up the wrong bowl of cereal that someone's left out or whatever, how do you do that, you animals? That's horrible. That really is horrible. Thank you very much for making us try that. If you have warm milk with your cereal, you never need to have a long, hard look at your life. <laughs> Hometime podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore. But we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. The worst thing about what's just happened uh, with that hot cereal is we're going to have that on our palate now for the next two hours. It feels really cardboardy in my mouth. <laughs> I just can't believe good. people do it. Genuinely, no. can't believe people do it. Uh, on the way next is the Absolute Radio 90s, and producer Dave has just said to us, tease forward to uh, what he describes as a bit of 90s fun. <laughs> what 90s fun can you think of? Global hypercolour t-shirts? <laughs> yeah. Tamagotchi? I, I'm a hot guy, so I didn't like those hypercolour ones. It all went, went hot in the wrong places. Around the, around the armpits and yeah. everything as well. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile, every little helps. Home time on a Monday night. Dirty Wizard says you two sounded like a pair of pigs going to town on some gruel earlier on with those cereals. <laughs> and Pete says, can Richie now go and clean the studio? The background sound of him spitting it out as Andy was trying to talk was priceless. Yeah, it all went into the bowl. There's nothing to clean, trust me. There's a video to follow. Keep an eye out on Twitter. <laughs> One to wait for. Yep. Uh, very soon, I will tell you about how it all went down at the big Christmas lights switch on in Sawbridgeworth, Saturday night. Huge celebrity, myself, turning them on. (laughs) Sadly, it all didn't quite go to plan. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. 
the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Uh, I just want to take a chance to say thank you very much uh, to the, the hearty bunch of people who came and witnessed the Sawbridgeworth Christmas lights. I've got just the bit for you on a minute. Oh, thank you. That's it. Here we go. That was the atmosphere of Saturday evening in the little town of Sawbridgeworth, just on the, the border of Hertfordshire and Essex. Can I ask you a question? We'll find out how you got in a second. But Now, I don't mean this in a bad way, but were you the celebrity or were you the person that was like hosting it and then there was like you getting the person on? I don't mean this in a bad way. I just want to know. I was hosting. Okay. Some might say I was a celebrity. I think you are a celebrity. I was not the person who was actually plunging the plunger. Right, so you weren't down there to be the plunger person? No, but I was there very much as the celebrity that was... MC of ceremonies that were going on all evening. All right? <laughs> is that a technical term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, the Christmas light switch on was slated in for six thirty. Okay, that's what all the uh, publicity around town was saying. I feel uh, the anticipation now. That's what I was saying on stage. Yeah. For about ninety minutes, in between every local band or dancing troupe that I was bringing on stage for entertainment of all the masses. In between, I'm going. Don't forget, Christmas light switch on at 6.30. This is a crucial piece of information. And was there quite a crowd down there by that point? Yeah, good crowd. Yeah, good few thousand people down there. It's a great little community event. You've got all the local scouts groups out and all that kind of thing. Great. Doing their mulled wine, selling mince pies, <laughs> loads of little crafty stands, all that kind of stuff. It's a great atmosphere. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Then it gets to around about quarter past six, maybe, and uh, on come the cast of the uh, the local panto. They were fantastic. Obviously, the atmosphere then is really building up. You've got all the energy of the panto cast on stage, and the next thing to happen is once they finished, it's 6.30, and we'll turn on the lights. The big reveal. Suddenly, the, the panto dame who was on stage, I believe her name was Madame Fromage. Of course. Pulls up a little bit short and goes, Right, it's time to get the mayor up on stage to switch on the lights. And I'm looking, it's 6.25. It really is not yet. This is yeah. another five minutes. <laughs> so the mayor is, is, is gingerly walking up onto stage with her ten grandchildren, it seemed like. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking, no, 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 no. This, this isn't meant to happen just yet. There's five minutes. We need to film. We need to film. So I'm dashing up on stage, trying to whisper into the mayor's ear as she's heading to the microphone, <laughs> not yet. Oh, yeah, we've still got five minutes to go. Stay away from the plunger. <laughs> don't touch it, don't touch it. I'm thinking, got to fill, got to fill. OK, plunger's still at the back of the stage. We can have a little bit of fun moving the plunger to the front. So I turn around and say, who's, who's the strongest person on the stage? Love it, the old local radio days kicking. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've not lost it. I've I, not I know lost it. So I'm looking around for someone strong. Um, and uh, someone goes, oh, get one of the mayor's grandchildren to help. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, great idea. So go to the back of the stage. The plunger is like a dead weight. It is so heavy. <laughs> so suddenly, none of us can move it. So there's a whole group of people moving forward. Thousands of people looking, going, what is happening on stage? Yeah. So now I'm looking at my watch and thinking, oh, still four minutes to go. I know, let's do a practice countdown. Let's make sure everyone's really, really loud. So, so you've got to be really loud. Let's do a practice countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. The lights go on. Oh, no. <laughs> the actual... <laughs> The big reveal happened accidentally. And no-one's plunged, because oh. it was just a practice. But they've gone on. <laughs> and there's a cheer. And I'm thinking, this is weird. I'm hearing a cheer. It's just a practice. So then we did another countdown, but the actual countdown. So, right, OK, let's do the actual thing now. I'm starting this one from 10. And everyone's going. But it was a, sl- <laughs> a strange countdown. And in my head, I'm thinking, there are lights that have gone on. What are we doing? 
And then it got down to one. The plunger goes down. Not much changes in front because, of course, the lights are on by oh, now. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. But people still cheered. And it was it was still a great day. But I, I really I wanted feel so the bad ground to swallow me up. So the lights just were on from the practice countdown and that was it. And I imagine the cheer was more... You can tell when people are doing the take the mick cheer because it's more <laughs> kind of like... Hey, hey. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. We're talking about stage disasters after uh, yeah, Richie's... after I, I, I basically I managed to switch on Christmas lights five minutes earlier than advertised. He went off a bit early in Sawbridgeworth. <laughs> uh, you know what? I had the direct opposite <laughs> happen to me when I was working in local radio in Bristol. We we had to turn on the Avonmead lights. Was that a big shopping centre? Avonmead is a shopping centre just off an A road okay. in Bristol. I, I can picture and it. They never came on. Oh, no. So they never, at no point, we did four or five pretend practice <laughs> ones, did the main thing, they never even came on. <laughs> I drove home and they still hadn't been turned on. So. I, I think I'd rather have turned something actually on exactly. early than, than not come on at all. There's something about being in front of, the, of other people, though, when you something bad goes wrong yes. that stays with you forever. And it doesn't have to be on stage in like a big sense, like in front of loads of people. No. It could be like a presentation or in front of people at school. Yes. So if you've had a, a disaster in front of others, let us know. And it takes me back to... There was a lad in our year called David Lear. Mm-hmm. I remember him, the big moment when he was getting his prefect badge when he had to go up onto the stage to get them from the headmaster. He walked on stage uh, and was kind of lost in the moment a little bit and then fell off the front of the stage <laughs> into the girls right at the front. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> Stayed with him forever. Oh, brilliant. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. I was in charge of the Sawbridgeworth Christmas light switch on at the weekend. Somehow conspired to switch the lights on five minutes early. Not my finest hour. Please share your on-stage disasters. And I think everyone's had one. Doesn't have to be in front of like hundreds and hundreds no. of people. Just anything where you've been up in front of your peers yep. and you've absolutely stacked it. I love this text. They don't leave their name, but this resonates with me. It says, "Guys, when I was thirteen, I had to give a prepared five-minute speech in class. I ran out of material two minutes in, <laughs> and we completely blank. The speech was about myself." <laughs> I did that. I, I had to do a presentation about the history of our house in Brixham in Devon. And I got up there and my mind went blank and I couldn't say anything. And weirdly enough, you know the band Black Rebel Motorcycle Club? Yeah. The drummer from that band, Nick Jago, was in my class. I remember him, he was at the front and the teacher told me to go and sit back down again. And as I walked past Nick Jago, he looked at me and said, Bushy, you're a weirdo. <laughs> And it stayed with me for the re- even when I've seen him doing well in gigs. I thought I hate him for what he said. Uh, Glenn's hanging on the line uh, from Cheson. I hope I hope he's still there. The line's a bit patchy, but he's got a great story. Glenn, tell us about what happened to you. Um, well, about, well, probably about thirty years ago when I was uh, working at Walthamstow uh, Dog Stadium, uh-huh. I was part of the uh, track team, mm-hmm. uh, which basically just sort of raced the sand after the dog race around the track or put the dogs in the traps, that sort of thing. And anyway, last race of the night on a Thursday night, I was the first up. So that meant I had to take the box off now. And, uh, well, I just didn't look where I was going and went sort of uh, tumbling over the hair in front of about 1,500 people. Oh. <laughs> so you fell over the mechanical hair. That's re- I'm obsessed with those things. Imagine going over them on the hair. Hurting your knees, falling over a hair. Love that. Absolute radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. With Tesco Mobile, every little helps. 
After your on-stage disasters today after mine at the weekend, Streff has texted 8.12.15, I drew the graphic novel adaptation of Peter Pan. Mm. I had to do a talk about it at a Comic-Con, which was being held in a very small town. My setup was in the middle of a busy shopping centre, and I had to talk over the crowd for an hour, with my audience, who could not hear a word I was saying, oh. diminishing every time my back was turned. It went from an audience of 50 at the beginning to two by the end. It oh. was the longest hour of my life. Life. This is it, and it stays with people forever. Uh, Paul Reese in Newquay says, Hi, chaps, I did a Christmas party. Uh, he DJed at a big hotel in Newquay. 350 people giving it the big one. Two human league, uh, don't you want me, baby? Then some drunk bloke <laughs> crashes in on the kit in complete darkness. Worst moment of my entire life. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay. Let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Hometime on a Monday night with Andy Bush and Richie Firth, musically telling you to ditch the gym after work and have chips at home instead. <laughs> We're talking about stage disasters. Thank you for making me feel better and sharing yours with us. These two here, a little bit different, and we did say they don't have to actually happen on stage in nope. front of an audience. It's like performance disasters. Mark in Bracknell, when searching a prisoner whilst wearing riot kit... As you I, do. As you do. I crouched down to search his legs. Then everyone heard the rip of my trousers. Oh. I'm imagining that is an embarrassing audience of types to oh, be in front of. They would make the most of that. I, I just think throughout life ripping your trousers is one of the worst <laughs> whether you're in school days or I think it happened on that Sunday brunch programme a yes, couple of weeks ago did, as well yeah. it's a nightmare uh, and on a similar theme Matt I had to brief 30 SAS guys on safe driving in Afghanistan when they'd just flown in it's <laughs> safe to say they weren't interested <laughs> that's an understatement God, imagine trying to teach Andy McNabb how to drive <laughs> uh, this is a good t- tweet actually because it gives light at the end of the tunnel it proves that you can kind of uh, freestyle your way out of these situations. Alex says, last Christmas I was a DJ at an office party, the system crashed and everything went quiet, the dance floor full of people giving me some verbal. Mate, I was with Save the Day by starting a chorus of Only You by a cappella group, The Flying Pickets. <laughs> Everyone joined in. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. I have got scarred knuckles on my left yeah. hand, OK? And uh, this has been going on for 24 hours. A lot of people have been staring at me. Obviously, this morning we had to weigh our baby in at yeah. the doctor's and the nurse was looking at me like... Oh, I bet she was. Are you like a backstreet fighter <laughs> or something like that? <laughs> let me let you into what has happened. Yesterday, I sustained what I'm calling the most middle-class injury of all time. I scraped the skin off the knuckles of my left hand wheelbarrowing logs into our back garden for our wood-burning stove. <laughs> How embarrassing. The worst thing is, right, it looks like an injury that's come through proper hard work. You know, like proper out-in-the-countryside frontiersman hard work. A couple of questions. Yeah, go on. First of all, you have a wheelbarrow. No, I don't even own a wheel. I'd love to have a wheelbarrow. My father-in-law brought a wheelbarrow down with him. Right. He, he gave us a load of logs because they live in Northumberland. Okay. So I didn't even source the logs myself. So the, the, the logs have come down from the north yeah. with the wheelbarrow. How then do you get... You know, those, those knuckles. Well, we've got a terrible bit of pebble dashing down the side of our house. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. That's right. It's cleared up. But um, what happened was I was wheelbarrowing. My father-in-law was chucking the stuff out of yep. the logs out of his white van because he's a painter and decorator. Put them in the wheelbarrow. 
I was then going along this really tiny gap down the side of our house. Mm-hmm. One of the logs was sticking out too far, so it caught next door's fence, bounced me back into the pebble dashing, and took the skin off my knuckles. Out. Which then made a really thing even worse, because I had to protect them. I was moaning really badly. And I bet. My other half, Katie, was saying, what's going on? So I ended up having to put on the red velvet gloves that you get with the wood-burning stove, which allow you to pick up coal and everything. I did not even know that that was a thing. They go up to your elbow. I look like Cardinal Richelieu. I've never seen anything like it. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore. But we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. I'm challenging you, if you've had a more middle-class injury than me, get in touch. I managed to scrape the skin off my knuckle or my left hand, uh, all of my knuckles, actually, by trying to wheelbarrow logs into our back garden for our wood-burning stove. <laughs> if you can beat that for a middle-class injury, we want to hear from you today. Mark in Bracknell, 8 12, 15 on the text. He sees your wood-burning stove and uh, he raises it uh, by cutting his foot on his wife's gin glass. Wow! Uh, Sonia, we <laughs> once ended up in A&E after my husband sliced his thumb open a while, opening a can of water chestnuts. That is Peak middle class, if ever I heard it. <laughs> or is it? Liz in Tamworth, middle class injury. My other half cut his finger open, opening a pomegranate. She also <laughs> claims to have video evidence. I'm prepared to trust her. I don't need to see that video. Absolute radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. So I scraped my knuckles on my left hand uh, by trying to wheelbarrow logs into our back garden for our wood burning stove. A fantastically middle class injury. <laughs> Can you beat that? Uh, Ian says. Uh, bang my head on hanging scales whilst looking for the ripest avocado in Waitrose. <laughs> pretty strong. Uh, Simon getting balsamic vinegar in his eye whilst preparing the children's warmed goat's cheese oh. and walnut salad. Stay I would not have stood for that as a meal when I was a kid. Outrageous behaviour. Let's go to the phones and say hello to Adrian. What happened to you? Um, I, uh, I hurt my thumb once while doing something really middle class. Go on, tell us, tell us, tell us. I was banging in a croquet hoop. Wow. <laughs> I've never been anywhere near a croquet pitch or play. How did you end up playing croquet, Adrian? I do it all the time. Do you? Do you know what, what Adrian... What, what, what else would you do in a summer evening in England other than, <laughs> other than play croquet? I'm going to offer you some support here. I have played croquet on numerous occasions. Where do you go to play this it's sport? It's a seriously hey, underrated sport. Really? My, yeah. my, my, my back garden. Yeah, uh, not 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 that it's absolutely enormous, but uh, it, I I uh, I have it laid out as a cra- crazy croquet course. Go on, and how did you make crazy croquet? What do you do? Do you have to hit it for a, a little miniature windmill or something, or what? Oh, I've, I've, I've got I've got a ramp and and, and a wall. <laughs> <laughs> got a ramp and a wall. <laughs> yeah, I have to I I have to play up it or around it. Do you play with anyone else? Are we playing solo croquet here, uh, Adrian? I am a little bit concerned. Um, I play with myself. Okay, fair enough. Less of a phone call, more of a cry for help. Absolute radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. With Tesco Mobile, every little helps. The text still coming in about middle-class injuries, and we salute you all, particularly Chloe from Devon, who once got trod on by a miniature pony while she was grooming us. <laughs> Happy days, but stop what you're doing. If you're doing the washing up, stop and listen, because it's time for this.
there's many a bug going round at the moment. Uh, we are being uh, produced by a, uh, a replacement budget producer today because our, our normal one uh, is off with some kind of uh, sickness and vomiting bug. So, last, uh, last minute David, we call him. <laughs> that's right, that's right, yes. Uh, so we send our uh, thoughts and concerns uh, to our regular producer. But all these, all these bugs that are around, even the International Space Station it appears, has gone down with one. Oh, what a tummy bug on the International Space Station. It's infested by an infectious space bug organism, which scientists are warning is going to cause disease. Right. It's called Enterobacter, which uh, sounds Sounds like a heavy metal album. <laughs> Genuinely sounds like a heavy metal album. Um, and the researchers have found strains of it isolated in the space toilet and exercise platform oh. in the space station. I cannot... Th- I mean, let's... That's the information. Where there do you start on. with this? Where do you start? Well, first off, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, I was off with a with a with a crippling bug. Yeah, you were. And it's, it's horrible just being in your own home having a bug. It stresses me out even thinking about being at work and it suddenly coming down with it. But <laughs> on the International Space Station, with no gravity whatsoever, to to me, oh, this man. sounds like. Just <laughs> You know what they say, in space no one can hear you flush. (laughs) So basically, you know, like the the disappointment of aliens and the disappointment of of science and sci-fi and robots, right? We grow up with these sci-fi movies and we think we're going to have robots by the year 2018 and we're going to have visiting aliens, it's going to be cool and groovy. And we get to 2018 and nothing's happened. And you look at one of the most seminal, amazing movies of all time, Alien, where they're chased around this ship by this xenomorph thing or whatever. And the best we've got in this current era (laughs) is a tummy bug on the ISS. (laughs) That is pretty much it. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Right, that's it. That is the end of the podcast. Another show in the bag. And as ever, uh, we've mentioned this before, make sure you subscribe, leave a little comment, because we're going to read through them uh, on Friday's Any Other Business podcast as well. If you listen to this podcast daily and you'll be waiting for the next one tomorrow, or even if you are catching up on the backlog and the next podcast for you is in about 10 seconds' time, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a cracker because Andy has been nominated for a major industry award he's not talked much about it because he's quite humble but i want to pick this up you could be a winner yes i could be a winner and this could be my last show you know because if i hit the big time yeah sorry but i'm gonna be obviously living on my yacht and stuff as well so <laughs> thanks for your support let's find out what happens tomorrow absolute radio the hometown podcast with bush and richie with tesco mobile every little helps